there's a story uh, uh, from the American Revolution. During the American Revolution, a man in civilian clothes uh, rode past a group of soldiers repairing a small defensive barrier. Their leader was shouting instructions but making no attempt to help them. And then he asked why uh, by the rider. He retorted uh, the rider in the, in the uh, regular clothes. He, he, he asked him, he said, why are you yelling at them? He retorted with great dignity, sir, I am a corporal. And the stranger apologized, dismounted, and proceeded to help the exhausted soldiers. Uh, and when the job was done, he turned to the corporal and said, Mr. Corporal, next time uh, you have a job like this and not enough men to do it, go to your commander-in-chief, and I will come and help you again. It was none other than George Washington. It's a pretty interesting story. And there, and there was a clear barrier between the commander-in-chief, George Washington, and the soldiers. But George Washington broke the barrier that was there because he went and he met a need to help support his fellow soldiers in their struggle. And how many know that if we are going to make an effort, we're gonna, it's going to be a choice and it's going to be an effort on our part to be a bridge builder in this world. Amen? I said that last week. Some of us are just waiting on someone else to come and apologize. Hey, I tell you what, be the mature person, and you go first and apologize, and you go first and, and try to make uh, recompense there. So uh, if, you, and you, if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 10. And I, I talked about this earlier this year uh, in a series uh, earlier this year, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin on it. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And when you got it, say, I got it. It, it says this. If not, you can read it on the screen. It says, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. Sounds like a, lo sounds like a lawyer, right? Put people to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law, and how do you read it? Boy, there's a lot mouthful right there, isn't there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's great scripture, right? And verse 28 says this. I like Jesus. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and what you will live. I love Jesus' response right out of the get-go there. He's just like, hey, you know it, now do it. It's not enough to just know something. Sometimes it takes action. It, we have to put things into action. So this is an interesting, uh, uh, just this deliberation between Jesus and this lawyer. And the first question that the lawyer asks is, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And honestly, a lawyer in this time would, would be someone who is an expert in the law, right? When you, when you hire a lawyer, you hope that they are an expert in the law. And as he approaches Jesus, the lawyer knows uh, what the law says. So, so the question is actually is this. He knows what the law says, but he is really kind of putting Jesus to the test. I, I'm, I'm just, uh, is, it, is it a good question? It's a great question. But his motivation behind it is not always the best. How many know that sometimes our motivation behind some of our questions and sometimes the way that we talk to our spouses or the way we talk to our kids or we talk to our friends is not always the best? Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
And so he, he's in this, his motivation is not very great, but the lawyer is mistaken with the idea of what he needs to do to earn his way to heaven. So he thinks there is something that he can do physically that will, will get, get him to heaven. How many know that Ephesians 2, uh, 2, 8 tells us it's by grace that we're saved. It's not anything that we can do. It's not of our own good. It's because no one can boast about it because it's just about the grace of God and his goodness and mercy over you. Everyone say amen. So Jesus, he challenges the lawyer and, and uh, a lawyer's knowledge with this. And he says, what does the law state? So I, I love Jesus. He always answers questions with questions. I, 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 you got to love that. What does the law state? And, and knowing that the lawyer, lawyer knows the law, uh, the lawyer responds correctly uh, uh, that, that, you know, uh, he answers it rightly. And Jesus says this. He says, now go and do it. Just like the story that I started with, with George Washington and the opening portion of this, as Christians, we have the choice. A lot of us have the head knowledge, but where we fail is the action of going and doing it. So I, I want to talk to you about that, being a bridge builder. Everyone say bridge building. Bridge builder. So here's the thing, and, and you know, if you're going to build a bridge, you need to know what kind of tools that you have. Right. If you're going to to do a project in your house, you know, if you're going to lay tile in your house and you do not have a tile saw. You're probably going to have a hard time laying that tile. Right. And or if you if you're going to do do any project and you don't have the right tool. Matter of fact, this week, I, uh, Brandon Banks came and helped me do something on my truck and he came and I was like, we were looking for tools. My tools are scattered all over my my uh, my my garage, all over the place. And I was pulling and I, he goes, do you have a flathead screwdriver? So, yeah, I, I, you know, I grabbed one and I pulled it out and I looked at it and I gave it to him. I said, man, this tool is pretty clean. He goes, yeah, you clean them up really good after you get done using them, don't you, Pastor? Little little gig at me there, and so I'm gonna go throw my tools in the dirt. So next time someone comes over, it looks like I, I work all the time. But you got to know what tools you have in your toolbox, right? And here's the thing: as believers and as as Christians, we have one of the best tools in our toolbox, and that tool is actually fruit. When it comes to building bridges. One of the greatest tools that we have is fruit. You're like, Pastor, you are crazy. Have you ever tried to hammer a nail with an apple? Have you ever tried, you know, to do, do, you ever tried to use a banana like a pair of pliers? I'm sure you could in some aspects, in some ways, whatever. But, but it's fruit. So if you go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, this, this, is, this is every Christian, listen, every Christian should strive for this verse in your life, in your character, in how you walk, and how you deal with people. This is a litmus test. If you are not acting right, according to this little bit of scripture, you need to check yourself. But it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Is what? Woo! It starts right there. Is love. If your tone is not in love, oh, come on, somebody. You know what? I have to check. The Holy Spirit checks me sometimes because I want to be aggravated at my kin, at my kin, my kin, my kin sometimes too, my kids. And sometimes I'll say something and the Holy Spirit will say, are you doing that in love? And I'm like, oh, I'm not. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Oh, I liked it till I got to that one. Self-control against such things, there's no law. So here's the thing we got to understand. Our character is not mere moral or legal correctness, but the possession and the, the manifestation of these nine graces that Paul lays out for us. This, this is what we need to be walking. If you want to, to learn to forgive someone, you, you've got to use these tools to help you build a bridge. Amen? And so these tools are the, are the character of Jesus Christ. When you look at Jesus, he was all of these things. He was long-suffering. He had self-control. He was gentle. He had joy. He had all those things. How many, how many know that, that, man, maybe sometimes we're not good with, with those specific tools in our lives. And maybe there are some that we have to work on. And that's why daily we got to say, hey, Lord, help me today. God, help me to walk this out. God, help me to have some self-control today. When I need to hold my tongue, help me to control my tongue. Amen. Help me to control my kids. Help me to control my tongue and help me to walk this thing out. You know, one of the things that is a great privilege as a dad is when you have a birthday or Christmas and all your kids get, get these wonderful gifts. And, and, and all my dads know this struggle. When you see a big box or you know what's in a big box and they open it and they're excited about it. And then you got to put that dollhouse together. How many know what I'm talking about? And you're like, for the next two hours of my life, I get to, I get to mess with this, this dollhouse. And, and you know what's funny about those, those tools or those, those toys is they, they usually come with really cheap tools to help assemble them, right? Any, any of you dads know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, those, those really, really cheap tools. And, and here's the thing. If you use those tools, it will take you hours and hours to do that. But how many of my dads know what I'm talking about? Where you just get a little bit fed up after a minute. And you're like, I'm going to the garage. I'm getting my drill. I'm getting my bits. And I'm going to put this thing together with some power, right? Right? Am I the only one? Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. I remember at, when I was serving at, at, at our last church as the associate pastor, we, we, the pastor, he said, hey, we need to buy some cabinets. And so we bought some cabinets from Sam's Club. And these particular cabinets, are, they were amazing. And, um, and, and so we, we got them there to the church, and he said, you know, TJ, can you put those together? I said, I sure can. And, you know, the great thing about these cabinets were this. They came with some tools. They came with some cheap tools. And I began to slowly, the first one I put together, it took me like an hour and a half because I was using the hand tool, and I was trying to put it together. I put the back on backwards. I did a few things, and I was just like, man, this is going to take me forever. And then I thought, you know what? Never again. I went home. I grabbed my drill. I grabbed all the tools that I thought I needed. I came back to the church. We had like six or seven of these, these things. And I began this process with my power tools right then and there. And I, I mean, I had a big area, and I put one cabinet out. I put a second cabinet out, and I began to build two cabinets at the same time. It's pretty amazing. You didn't know your pastor was so talented, did you? And I cut my time in half, and I was very, very excited about it. And, I, and, and, and so, but and here's the thing. I had the instructions, 
and I had the tools that they gave me uh, uh, to, to do it, but here's the thing. I was able to speed up the process when I had the proper tool. Sometimes we got to take a look at ourselves and we got to say, hey, Lord, I know what the instructions are. God, I, I know I should forgive my neighbor. God, I know I should forgive this person who's done this to me. But, but sometimes we're insufficient in our ability to use the tools. And here's what happens. Instead of forgiving someone quickly, it is a prolonged process. And God is like, hey, I've given you all you need to make this happen. It's quiet, but that's okay. And here's the thing. Sometimes you just, you got to grab a different tool, a little bit, something that's more precise and a little bit more powerful to finish up the project. And if we're going to be bridge builders, and I talked about bridges, they connect one thing to another. I, uh, last week I talked about the Golden Gate Bridge and how it connects the San Francisco Peninsula to the uh, uh, to that, uh, I forget what it's called, the Marin he uh, Headlands up there. And, and as they connect there, and here's the thing, if we're going to connect and build bridges with people, some people major on differences. Some people would rather burn a bridge than build a bridge. Here's the thing, uh, you know, we have to look at these tools that the Lord's given us. And so thankfully, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we have access to an amazing array of tools to help us in forgiving others. Number one, we have the blueprint that Jesus gave us. I forgive. Lord, if you forgave me, I wouldn't deserve it. Maybe I should forgive them because they don't deserve it. I'm not forgiving them because they deserve it. I'm forgiving them because... I need to let this go, and I need to walk in freedom from this. And there's so many tools in, the, in various uh, kingdom projects that we need to be a part of. So, uh, you know, here's the thing. It may be this. You know, there's different projects in the church. Maybe it's reconciliation. Woo, that's a good one. What about this? Maybe it's evangelism. Maybe it's discipleship. Maybe it's our mission must all be willing to take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us. So here's the, here's the second thing I want to talk to you about is this. We all have opportunity. Everyone say, we all have opportunity. John chapter 4, verse 35. Uh, this verse, man, it, it gets me going. I, um, last week, our, the denomination that, I, uh, that we are part of, they did a, a worldwide uh, conference in Brazil, and I was able to watch some of those, those uh, um, conference, conference services there in Brazil. 15,000 people from over 25 countries came to Brazil. And as they, one of the, the main speakers there would be uh, the bishop or the, the residing uh, uh, person in our denomination in Brazil. He got up and gave a sermon on, on this particular verse, John 4.35. And he says this, uh, he says, do, do, it says this, do you not say that our, there are yet four months then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are what? This bishop in, uh, and we call our presiding people in our denomination, the bishop, the bishop there in, in Brazil, he said this. He said, the problem is not the harvest. The problem is the workers. And here's the thing, the fields are white, and it's a matter, and it's a choice that we have that says, hey, I'm going to build a bridge to people. I want to tell people about Jesus, the Jesus that I know. 
So, so thankfully, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we all have access to a, an amazing array of tools uh, used in these different different projects, right? So um, we talked about evangelism, discipleship, missions, and, and all these things. And we have the blueprints. We have the right tools. And we have to put those things into work. But here's the thing. We have to build bridges to fill gaps. And when we do that, listen, when we do that, we have a true opportunity to show the character of Christ. What is the character of Christ? Love, joy, peace. And if we're walking in those things, guess what? We are showing the unbeliever, the person that hurt us, who Christ truly is. So check this out. As Christians, we're called to be the reflection of Jesus, right? Amen? And what better way to mirror him than to show grace and mercy to those in need? Do they deserve it? Maybe not. It doesn't matter. He acted love. Check this out. I, I love this. The opportunities are all around us every day. I need you to grasp that in your heart, church. I need you to grasp that in your heart. Opportunities are around us every day, all day. Opportunities are around us all day, every day. We have an opportunity every time we do anything, when we go to work, when we go to the gas station, when we go to the grocery store, when we go into Lowe's, wherever we go, we have an opportunity all around us to tell people about the love of Jesus. This story uh, continues here in Luke chapter 10, verse, verses 29 through 37, and I'll just, I'll just read this. And so this lawyer, he has this question. He's following Jesus after he tells him to just go do it. And um, it says this in verse 29, but he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, this is the lawyer, and he asked Jesus, he answers Jesus' question with a question, sounds like a lawyer, right? And who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, you love your neighbor. And Jesus replied, a man was going down to Jerusalem, to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed him, leaving him half dead. Some of you say, boy, I've felt that way by some of my friends and some of my family at times. Verse 31 says this, now by chance a priest was going down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Oh, I see you right there. <laughs> right? I'm going to just walk right past you. I, I see your need, but guess what? I, I don't have time to mess with you. I am a priest. I've got things to do. Now, boy, you're talking to yourself now, Pastor, right? There's been moments in my life where I've been like, hey, I'm busy. I am busy doing the work of God, and there has been a need right in front of me that I could have met, that I could have touched, and I could have done. But I have been so prideful in my attitude and not walking in, in, in the love for this person, but walked right on past thinking, I've got other things I got to do right now. This is inconvenient for me. Check this out. So verse 32 says this, so likewise a Levite, when he came by to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Same thing. Man, there's a bad need over there. That's a bad situation. I'll just keep on going. Keep on cruising, right? But look at this. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had what? One of the things I pray for daily is compassion. Because it doesn't always come natural to me. 
And if we can grasp that thing, many of the miracles that Jesus did, he was moved by compassion for others. I think we would see a lot more things in our life, a lot more supernatural things in our life if we would just move in compassion at times. And it says this, he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave, gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Verse 36, which of these, I mean, I like Jesus here, which of these do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, look, Jesus, I like his verbiage here. He said this, you, you, you've got the blueprint, now go and do likewise. And the lawyer, after hearing about the priest and the Levite, was most likely looking for the next person to be a, a Jewish man to come along. But, but no, it was a Samaritan. He was probably shocked to hear that the Samaritan was the hero in the story. You know, you ever read a story and just say, boy, I didn't see that coming, or watch a movie and say, didn't see that coming, that came out of the blue. But you see, this is what we know, that Jews and Samaritans, they, they despised each other. They didn't always get along. They, 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 they struggled. There was racial uh, uh, issue with each other. There was religious issue with each other. And the culture gave, Samaritan, gave the Samaritan plenty of reason to hate the Jewish man and to pass right by him. Let me tell you something. The culture has given us plenty of reason to hate somebody, to walk right past the need when there's a need. But let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is calling us to pull out the toolbox and start with love and begin to look at people through the lens of compassion, love, and mercy that Christ would see them. Amen? We know the blueprint, but we have to put the instructions to work. Amen? Here's the thing. I can pull out the instructions on, on how to put those cabinets together all day long. And I can hold them up here and I can read them and read them and read them and read them and read them. And guess what? That cabinet will never be put together until I put my hands into action. God has not called us to sit idle on our hands and let it be someone else's problem or let it be that person. No, God has called you to reach to the person who doesn't deserve it the most. Amen? I know it's quiet in here, but listen, I, I, I'm, challenging, I'm challenging you today because I'm challenging my own heart. And here's what I love about the Samaritan. He gave freely both of his time and his resources. You know, I begin to think about this. Most of us are good giving someone at a corner two or three bucks. But don't make me stop and give this person a ride or give this person time. Or begin to pray for this person's need. I, listen, I make this as a, a practice for me. When I give someone money or anything like that, I always pray with them. I do. Hey, it, it, you know what? You need gas? That's great. I'll take you up here and give you some gas. While I'm giving you gas here, I'm not patting myself on the back. I want to ask you, hey, what needs do you have? What can we pray with you about? What, what, what do you have going on? Can I, can, can I agree with you on this? It was amazing. We had a lady come to the church uh, uh, recently, and 
And she was just a rough case. She was rough around the edges. That's the only way I know how to say it. She was just a very rough, rough case. And, and she just was very brash with me up front. And, and I've learned that dealing with people, listen, if you'll listen past their tone, you'll begin to hear where their hurt is. And she was very brash with me and was very upset that I wasn't doing something just in a specific way that she wanted me to do, this specific thing. And I said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I said, I'll, I'll help you out. I took her over. We put some gas in her car. I went and got her some food. And it was crazy. After, after I did that, I went back to her car. And this is crazy. Over here at Johnny, Johnny Junction, right over across the street. And we're walking out. And before, before I left, <laughs> Randy was with me. And, 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 um, and before I left, she's walking out. And I said, is there anything I can pray with you about? She said, absolutely. She dropped right there in the middle of, of Johnny's parking lot with her hands raised and said, I need God to help me. That's not a pat on my back. But listen, let me tell you something. Sometimes we can be so fast or we can be so jaded when someone's just, and we got to be discerning of the Holy Spirit and say, hey, you know what? There's good in this person. I've got to find out what their need is. I got to find out how I can meet their need and how I can show them the love of Jesus. Amen. See, both time and money are tools in our lives. And sometimes we use them well and other times we use them poorly. Ooh, I liked it till you said that, Pastor. Right? Sometimes there are hurting people, and we could, we could bless people. We could love on people. But sometimes we don't bless them because we have an ulterior motive. Well, I've got something I want to do with, with that little bit of money, or I want to do this. But in the story of the Good Samaritan, neither the priest nor the Levite had time to stop what they were doing to even assess the situation. I see that guy has a need, but that's it. I, I, I'm not willing to meet that. And they both had an amazing opportunity to extend help to another human, and all they did was literally walk past them. And I can't help but think sometimes we walk in the spirit of the priest and the Levite, and we walk past the needs that are needed. Amen? And so the Samaritan shows us that uh, what, we, what can be done with a little extra time and a little bit of extra money, he was able to help this guy who was half dead on the side of the road. Let me ask you this. Um, are there opportunities you and I are missing out on? Think about that for a moment. Are there moments where we can love on somebody so easily, take five minutes of our time, begin to pray for someone, meet maybe a small need that they have. You say, well, I don't have a lot of money. That's fine. You can do it in time. Um, is it a matter of time? Is it a matter of finances? Is it a matter of ability? Is it something else? So here's the, here's the last thing that we have to do. We've got to be like the Samaritan. I'm going to ask the worship team to come with this. We have to reach out our where it starts. We have to reach out our hands. So we know the blueprints and we know the foundations of, of the tools and it's time. Here's the thing. When you have the instructions and when you have the tools, it's time what? To start building. You got to put it together. You got you to put it to action. You got you to you put some action, right? And here's the thing. We, we can begin to build bridges and we can begin to build uh, to, to, to fill the gaps between cultures, between friends, between families through the empowerment and the enablement of the Holy Spirit. So here's the question. Where do we begin? Where do I begin? 
Can I tell you this? Listen to me. I want to argue this point right here. Begin in your home. Start right there. Start right there. Listen to me. Some of us, some of us have gaps in our marriages and some situations, and some of us need to be bridge builders and show some, show some love and sh show some long-suffering and show some mercy and show some patience. Amen? Begin to build that gap. Some of us need to pick up the phone and call our kids that maybe we haven't talked to in a long time because they made us aggravated at Thanksgiving because they didn't do something the way that we thought they, we should sh show them mercy and love and begin to build a bridge. Maybe this, maybe it goes a little step further. Maybe you haven't talked to a family member since the last holiday because you're upset. You both made the same casserole and now you're upset at each other. You laugh, but it happens. What about this? And then you go a little bit further. Once you, you fix that in your home, and that begins to operate like it's supposed to. You go a step further. The circle of influence gets a little bit bigger. You, then you can start loving on the UPS driver who comes to your house and drops your package. Show them a smile. Tell them that you appreciate it. Hey, can I offer you a bottle of water? Might have to give them hot cocoa if it keeps cooling down like it is, right? What about this? Maybe you could show a little bit of love and mercy towards your waiter or waitress. I have a real soft spot for waiters and waitresses. I do. When they do bad, Holy Spirit always deals with me, and I just feel like, I'm going to give them a good tip because maybe they just need it to turn their day around. Maybe they just need a little bit of mercy. Maybe they just need so, someone to show them compassion. Maybe their boss is being mean to them and it's just kind of, maybe they're having problems. Maybe maybe just this, this, this good tip will just turn their day around. I don't know. You know, I can't, I can't say that, but, but, but all I know is I just faithful, I pray over it and say, hey, God, do what you're going to do. Here's another area of influence that we can, we can build bridges with some of our friends. Some of us have had friends, lost friends because of certain situations. They didn't do what I thought they should do or they didn't act the way that I thought that they should have acted. And just like I said last week, that old oil field worker, I got to give him credit. You know what? If you don't like it, build a bridge and get over it. Build a bridge. You got to build a bridge. What about this? Your coworkers. Oh, like that one, right? Maybe they got maybe they got the advancement in the job that you were hoping to get. Do a bridge for them. Lord, I trust you in this process. We're, we're going to work things out. Bridge the gap. And here's the thing. If we're going to bridge the gap, we've got to be bold in prayer. Amen? Be bold in prayer and intentional in action. Write that down if you're a note taker. Be bold in prayer and intentional in action. And it's not always going to be easy. It may cost us time. It may cost us energy. It may cost us money. And here's another thing it may cost us. Mental real estate. so much work. I don't want to have to worry about all that crap. It may cost us that. But we got to be willing to go the extra mile, to extend a hand of grace, reach out in mercy. You know what? I love the Samaritan. He, 
reach out for mercy. I, I know this guy is a Jew. I know he couldn't do this, but he's in need and he has a situation. And I want to extend love. Here's the thing. We have to fight for unity. In a, in a fallen world, in a fallen world, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen naturally because we all have our, our biases and our differences and the way that we see things and perspectives and things. But we have to fight for unity amongst believers, amongst people. And we have to, as a matter of fact, the core message of the New Testament is evidence of sac- uh, Jesus' sacrificial uh, death on the cross. But, but it, it, so for us, there would be moments where we may have to sacrifice some things to show love towards others. I'm not talking about sacrificing, um, you know, your moral obligation or truths or things like that. But I'm just saying there's moments where, you know what, we can give a little bit. Jesus is the greatest example of all. Last week we talked about divine blueprints, power of forgiveness, right? This week we were talking about the tools that we can put into action. Let me ask you this. It's a good pointed question. I'm in the I'm in the moment of pointed questions today, so sorry. What's your plan for forgiveness? What's your plan for unity? What's your plan for reconciliation for others? And here's the thing, if your plan does not include this divine book, you'll never build a bridge in the right way. Through the Spirit, we have access. We have powerful tools, divine cortex. Everyone say love. We have joy. Say joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are those easy to do? No, it takes supernatural power from the Holy Spirit to walk in those things. But I promise you, if you get up every day and say, Holy Spirit, help me today. Help me to show kindness where I need to show kindness. Help me to show mercy where I need to show mercy. Help me to show love where there needs to be love. He'll help you. I, I, I love, man, I, I love that. George Washington was a bridge builder in his moment, and the Good Samaritan was a, was, a, was a bridge builder in that moment, and Jesus Christ, the ultimate bridge builder, brings people together. Amen? And here's the thing. A person of action will reach out a hand when situations come our way. And listen, you got to be discerning in the Holy Spirit. you gotta, you got to be discerning in the Holy Spirit. you gotta, you got to know when those moments are. But here's what we know, what I know is maybe that person that you need to reach out to doesn't look like you, doesn't smell like you, doesn't vote like you, doesn't love like you. Maybe you need to be the bridge builder for that moment in time. Amen. Maybe they don't deserve mercy and grace. And listen, maybe it'll be messy and it'll cost you. Reach out that hand anyway. Their life may depend on it. I was talking to my dad last night, and uh, when I was young, before my dad went into ministry, he used to build bridges, and I forgot about this, and I was sitting there, and I was, I was like, I'm going to call my dad. Dad. Hey, what's up? Dad, you used to build bridges, right? Yep. 
then he went in this long explication uh, of, of how he built bridges and explained it all to me all in one great moment, which was great. I loved it. But he began to share some things with me. And when he built bridges, he they would he worked in a yard in, in St. Louis, Missouri, and they would have these plans, these blueprints, and they would prefabricate these steel bridges right there in St. Louis so they'd make sure that they would fit where they needed to go. And so they would prefabricate them, basically, and then pick them apart to ship them to make sure that they worked right then and there. And this is what he told me. He said, he began to explain the whole process to me. Listen, Holy Spirit began to speak to me as my dad was talking to me about some things. I just want to share with you. Number one, he started with this. He said, when we first started, we had blueprints. We had to know what we were building because not every bridge was the same. And there was different things and different spans and, and different joints and different things. And he said, there was moments where we had to look at these blueprints. And so we would automatically look at the blueprints and we would look at the parts and then we would go to the yard and say, we need uh, five of these, we need 10 of these, we need 13 of these. And we begin to pull those components together to say, hey, this is how we're going to build that bridge. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. And then he said this, they have specific tools that he used. He said they had a specific uh, impact wrench that he would use, and they would put those things in order. And he said sometimes the holes didn't line up. And he said sometimes he had to really work to get those things. And sometimes he said they'd start with a smaller bolt, put it through, and then they would have to put a bigger bolt and make the hole just a little bit. And it was a continual process until they were able to make that trussing fit the way that it was supposed to. Uh, and there was tools. There was different sizing bolts. There was rivets. He even said this, and maybe some of you engineers in the house can help me out with this. He said they used to take piano string, and they would take it from one end of the bridge to the other end of the bridge. And he said the engineer would come along, and he'd play the piano. No, he wouldn't play it. But he would come along, and he would be able to tell somehow uh, with the extension of this piano string where there was a weak point in the bridge and its ability to hold weight. I don't know. That's what he told me. Uh, but anyways, but here's the, here's the thing. This is the thing that got me. I was asking my dad. He said we would build the prefabricate these bridges and said we had a walking crane above us here's the thing i want you to hear today listen to me <laughs> listen to me he said there was moments he said that we depended on the crane because there was parts that we couldn't lift we couldn't put into place he said that crane would lift the heavy parts that that we couldn't do manually. Listen to me. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit will lift the things that you can't do on your own. He will help you to build that bridge. But here's the other thing. This is the part that got me. He said He said this. I said, Dad, did, did you have a radio? How did you communicate? And he said, we used hand gestures. And he said, but here's what I knew. As long as I kept the communication to the crane operator, I knew everything was going to work out. I can keep things in the right place. If I knew, I'm looking at the situation and say, man, I don't feel like this hole is going to line up. I could look up there and say, can you help me out a little bit? And he said they would lift it a little bit, and then we would be able to put that portion of the bridge together, then we would move to the next. Listen to me. It may be process. It may start just little by little. But listen to me. If you keep your eyes on the crane operator, he will do the heavy lifting. Amen? One of the other things that, that he told me about this bridge building, they built, they prefabricated these bridges to see, to make sure they would fit and length, and the engineer would come and look at it. 
Here's the thing. Maybe you need to build that bridge in the yard of your heart first with that thing where you know it's going to work and then you take it and you put your name to that place and say, hey, I'm ready to ditch this thing. That's going to be done by the work of the Holy Spirit within you. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? Thank you for your presence today. When Jesus came, he built bridges to sinners to save them. He built bridges to fishermen, lepers, prostitutes, tax collectors. He built bridges to those who were sick, hurting, and hopeless. Thank goodness he built bridges that reached to you and me. Amen. If you're here today, say, hey, I hear you talking about Jesus. I know he's a bridge builder. And maybe in your heart you don't have a relationship with him. I want you to know him today. That's why I'm commissioned to preach, to tell you of the harvest's wife. I want to give you a moment to know Jesus with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, no one looking around. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray with you today. Anybody in the building? Hmm. All right, thank you. If you're, if you're here, say, hey, Pastor, I've, I've got some areas that I, I need to build some bridges in my life. I need the Holy Spirit, the crane operator, to do the heavy lifting. I need to, the Lord to help me to work the toolbox that he's given me with joy, peace, love. And maybe maybe having a hard time lining up, and, and I'm seeing a hard time lining up, but God's given me the, God, God's given me the tools to, to help walk these things out. If you're here, under the sound of my voice, and say, Pastor, I need the Lord to help me to give build a bridge can't do it on my own can't do it on my own and I need help anybody in this in this house today would you just lift your hand thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you hands going up all over this house today will you stand with me I want to pray with you today just stretch your hands this way heavenly father God I thank you for your mercy and grace God thank you for every hand that was lifted God God, I, I know, Lord, that your word doesn't go forth void. God, today, Lord, today is going to be a day, Lord, that we move forth, God, not, not just in, in instruction, but, God, we move forth in action, God. We know what the blueprints are. We know what the instructions are. God, we have the tools in our tool belt. God, now it's time, Lord, to go out and get our hands dirty. God, now it's time to be moved to action, to be moved to love. God, in a, in a world that needs more love than it ever has, God, I pray, Lord, that we would be the people of God. Lord, that would, would, would spread love everywhere we go. Love, Lord, and we begin to love people. Lord, love covers a multitude of sin, God. And God, as we begin to love people, God, they would come to know and see the reflection of Jesus Christ within us, God. God. God, even in this moment, God, I believe, Lord, you're doing a work within this church, Lord. Your spirit, Lord, is dealing and drawing men to you, men and women, God, from different backgrounds, God, different situations. Lord, you are the bridge builder. God, I pray for those who are struggling with forgiving. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them, Lord, in the yard of their heart, God. Maybe they need to build that bridge there first, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them, Lord, to 
extend that bridge. I see, God, so many are walking around with matches and lighter fluid instead of they're ready to burn a bridge rather than build a bridge. God, I pray, Lord, that you help us to be the bridge builders you've called us to be. God, we pray, God, for your mercy and grace. We trust you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, if, you, if you're thankful for that, if you're, if you're grateful for his mercy and grace today over your life, can you just give him a hand clap of praise today? <laughs> Hallelujah. I do, I do want to say this. Just stretch your hand this way. I, I love to do this. I, wanna, I just want to bless you today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give the Lord one more hand clap of praise.